much for bringing us all together thank you for sending your son to die for us thank you for reminding us today of what this season is all about we just give you glory we give you thanks father humbly in your presence in Jesus name in Jesus name and everyone said Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated if you can this morning. Wow. Wow. I love this scripture, John 3, 16. It's amazing. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life how many of you know that's true this morning so grateful so grateful so grateful I love that in an expression of love and in the move to redeem mankind what God did was he gave he gave that first precious Christmas present over 2,000 years ago his name is Jesus I love that. Little presents are nice. We're going to have presents under our tree this year. I got to confess, we're a little late in our shopping. My goodness. How many of y'all got your Christmas shopping done? Yeah. How do you do that? How do you get it all done? Amazon? Is that the secret weapon? Yeah. Get stuff buying all line. My goodness gracious. You know, I've seen a lot of movies, and I've been to a lot of plays, but I got to tell you, the greatest story ever told, hands down, is the story about Jesus being born into this world, living a mortal life, and then dying as a sacrifice for our sins. And I think the reason why it's so powerful, because movies are movies, and they can make movies and documentaries about real-life events, but I'm telling you, that is the boldest move ever pulled throughout history for the Son of God to step out of the splendor of heaven into this nasty earth for you and for me to die for our sins. That's, that's amazing to me when you think about that. I, I remember... You know, you, you hear this story over and over again. I remember reading the accounts of it over and over again. And I had a question that popped up in my mind. You know, it, it says that the angel appeared before the shepherds. And he said, hey, there's this kid that's been born in Bethlehem. You're going to find him in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. And those guys knew exactly where to go. You know, like, the angel gave them, like, broad directions. He didn't give them a street address. He didn't tell them exactly where to go. He just said, go to this town. There's a baby wrapped up, and it's in a manger. What are the odds that they're going to find Jesus, newborn, exactly where he was? Go read the account. The angel never gives them specific instructions. 
I always wondered how they knew how to get there. One day I found out. I'd like to share that with you. Is that okay? How did they know? Well, there's some clues on what the angel told the shepherds. He said, you'll find him in Bethlehem, which was a, a popular city for a lot of different reasons. Um, Bethlehem was the place where the sacrificial lambs that were offered in the temple in that day were raised. Did you know that? Isn't that crazy? Odds are that the shepherds that the angel appeared to were shepherd priests in close proximity taking care of the flocks that would be sacrificial offerings later in the temple for the covering of the sin of the people of Israel. It's amazing when you think about that. And when these lambs were born, you know, to be offered up as an offering for the shedding of blood for our sin, they had to be without spot or blemish. They couldn't be bruised. They had to be perfect. That would be a perfect sacrifice. So when these lambs were born, they were born in a very specific location. One place they would take them to. And when they were born, the shepherds would be very careful with them and they would wipe them down with salt to clean them up and to purify them as part of the ritual. And then they would wrap the newborn lambs in a swaddling cloth to prevent it from injuring itself. Just little strips of cloth, but a very specific cloth only found in temple service in the one place where these lambs would be born. And when they were wrapped, they were placed in the manger till it could recover and then they would take it out and teach it how to stand on its own and care for it. When the angel told the shepherds to go to Bethlehem, where the place where the sacrificial lambs were raised, that you would find the child wrapped in those swaddling cloths, that was a very specific cloth. And those shepherds would know exactly where to go. You will find him in a manger. They knew exactly where to go. Without a GPS, without Billy Bob telling them to turn left where Farmer Brown's barn used to be, they found it. Think about how powerful this is. That when God does something, He doesn't just do it. He does it with style. Jesus, the sacrificial lamb for your sin and my sin, wasn't just born anywhere. He was born in the very place where the sacrificial lambs for the temple were born. He was purified with the same salt that would purify those lambs. He was wrapped in the same swaddling cloth. And he was laid in the same manger. When God does something, he does it with style. Our sacrificial lamb, born into the world, the greatest gift that has ever been given. That's amazing. That is amazing. That's how the shepherds know exactly where to go. That's how powerful the birth of Jesus actually is. And this is just 
one prophecy that was fulfilled about Jesus out of over 300. You realize that there were over 300 prophecies made about Jesus. How he would be born, who he would be born to, where he would live. And I mean, prophecies that were made thousands of years before he was born. He fulfilled every one of them. It's amazing to me when you think about that. It gives historical proof that makes the gospel account of Jesus absolutely bulletproof. Bulletproof as it stands against the test of time. You know, some people got smart and they said, well, all these prophecies Jesus fulfilled, I wonder what the odds are of these things actually being fulfilled by a person. You know, over 300, that's a lot. And he fulfilled every single one of them. So they took six prophecies, just six. And they said, we're going to figure out the odds of one person fulfilling six prophecies, six of the prophecies that were made about Jesus. So they ran the numbers and they did all the things that these, these people do. And they come up with a number. And it's so big that I don't think we really have a point of reference for it. There's a lot of zeros behind this number. They said it would be the same, just to give you a point of reference. Just six of the prophecies is, you, you know how big the state of Texas is? It's huge. When you take Texas and you lay it across the rest of the United States as a point of reference, Texas takes up a chunk of the U.S. You can start driving in the morning in Texas, and you have to stop and rest and finish the rest of the drive the next day. That's how big Texas is. They said, if you take silver dollars and you pile them six inches high and you spread them all over Texas with no room wasted, stacked side by side, six inches high, silver dollars, that would give you an idea of the number. Isn't that amazing? They said the odds of one person fulfilling all of that would be like taking one of those silver dollars, coloring it green, walking somewhere into the state of Texas and just putting it randomly in a pile and then blindfolding somebody and having them walk out into Texas and pull that coin out the first time. That's the odds of Jesus fulfilling just six of the prophecies. Jesus fulfilled over 300 of the prophecies made about him. Bulletproof. He is who he said he was. The King of kings and Lord of lords. The perfect sacrifice for your sin and my sin. I love that. I love that. Why would God go through all that trouble? Why would he send his son to die for us? And this may be news to some of you, but he did it because he wants to hang out with us. Yeah, come on. That's good. Yeah, a lot of people have the wrong perception of God, and they see him as like some kind of deity that's millions of miles away and unapproachable, and I think you should approach him with respect and with honor. He's the creator of the universe, but he just wants to hang out with us and be our friend. You know, when he created the world, he used to do that with Adam in the Garden of Eden. The Bible says that he would just walk with Adam and hang out with him in the cool of the day. How cool would that be to take a walk with God and just hang out? He loved you and he loved me enough that it drove him crazy that that sin that Adam and Eve committed separated him from us. 
And so a holy God can't be in the presence of sin. So something had to be made. Something had to be worked out. So he said, I'm going to fix the problem for good. But until I do, he put his presence in the Ark of the Covenant and dwelt with the children of Israel in the tent of meetings. If you read the Bible, you'll see all that stuff. Just because he wanted to be close to us. And then later, he had Solomon build the temple so that his presence could indwell the temple just because he wanted to be close to us. Isn't that awesome? So the shedding of the blood of these animals would cover the sin of the people. <laughs> but it was a busted system that didn't work. It was just temporary. There was no way for us to be perfect in and of ourselves, and that sin still separated us from the presence of God. In fact, when they built the temple, they actually had to put this curtain in the temple where the presence of God resided that was several feet thick to prevent people from going in there because if they walked into the presence of God with sin in their lives, he'd strike them dead because sin cannot be in the presence of a holy God. But then the day came where he said, enough. It's time to fix this problem for good. And that's why we're here today. That's the Jesus that we're celebrating. He says, you guys can't get to me, so I'm going to come to you. I'm going to send my son, the greatest gift ever given to this earth, to be the final sacrifice for sin once and for all. And the Son of God left the splendor of heaven and he came to this earth and he walked with us and he talked with us and he performed miracles and signs and wonders and he put Pharisees on their rear end because they had never seen anything like him before. He went to the untouchable. He went to the hurt and the broken and he brought restoration and he gave them hope. He was the Son of God in flesh giving us a glimpse of what we could attain in him. And when the time came, he went to the the cross he stretched out his arms and he gave his life his final breath for you and for me to pay the price for that sin and when he died the Bible says that the ground shook that the ground split apart that thunder rolled that the dead came up from the grave when he said it is finished the veil in that temple that separated the presence of God from us was torn into from the top to the bottom from God to us from God to us you can't get to me but I'll come to you three days later the Bible says he rose from the dead with the keys of death hell and the grave final victory securing the pathway for your salvation and mine just so he could hang out with us just so he could be with us you ever wonder what the value of something is the value of something is determined by what an individual is willing to pay for it. You know, what might be worthless to me might be priceless to you. But when it came to paying the price for you and for me, 
God said, I'll give it all. I'll send my son. Jesus said, I'll give my life, my very last breath. I'll leave heaven to pay for you, to set you free from sin once and for all. I can't help but think about that and not get a little choked up. I don't know how it worked in your life, but I remember how jacked up I used to be. And even on some days, how jacked up I can be, you know? And Jesus said, on your worst day, you were still worth dying for. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He loved us first before Jesus ever did anything. You know, a lot of people think sometimes that you, you got to get yourself good before you can come to God. And I thank God that you don't have to get yourself good before you come to God. I would be in a lot of trouble if that were the case. See, God doesn't take bad people and make them good. He takes spiritually dead people and brings them to life on the inside. There's a difference. It's a difference. People get caught up on behavior. Listen, behavioral modification is a product of religion. It's not about behavioral modification or making yourself into something. It is about letting Jesus get in your heart and bringing life transformation. That's what it's all about. And I don't want you to leave here today without having the opportunity to experience this Jesus. It has so radically changed my life. You want to know where I've come from? Let's get some coffee and hang out and talk for a little while. Jesus has put this guy back together, I'm telling you. And there's testimonies all in this room of the work that the Lord has done in us. That's the beauty. He does the work. We just got to give him the opportunity. Got to give him the opportunity. If you would, bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. Let me ask you a question. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one moving around. Let's just respect this moment. How is your relationship with Jesus? Maybe you walked in here today and, and if you think about God, it, you might as well be Jupiter circling around the sun itself. You're so far away. I'd love to give you an opportunity to change that today. Christmas is about the love of God being manifested in his son Jesus. So he came to be the sacrifice for our sins. You might be here this morning and you think, yeah, maybe these other people in this room are worth it, but I'm not. And I'm here to tell you, you're worth it. You're worth it to Jesus. It doesn't matter how much life has beat you up or how much you've gone through or how many scars you've got on your heart, how many calluses you've got from the rough road that you've been down. I'm here to tell you, you're not in too bad of shape for Jesus to do a work in. He still heals, he still restores. And his sacrifice on the cross over 2,000 years ago is still as relevant today as it was the day that it happened. Is Jesus Lord and Savior of your life? Is your relationship with God where it needs to be? Or do we need to make a difference? Of course, do we need to make a change today?
I want to encourage you with all my heart to make that change. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Josh, you know what, if I'm just going to be real and I'm just going to tell the truth, man, I, I got no relationship with God. I'm here because somebody invited me. I go to church, but I don't pray and I don't have my own relationship with Jesus. Maybe that's you. Let's get this right today. I want to count to three, and on the count of three, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus that where it's where it needs to be, but you want to make that change, I want you to lift your eyes and look at me. Now, I'm not going to embarrass you or single you out this morning. I just want to pray with you and get this right. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Do we need to make a change? and get Jesus in control of our lives. Here we go. If this is you, lift your eyes and look at me. One, two, three, lift them up and look at me. I see yours, I see yours, I see yours. Praise God, I see yours, I see yours. Once you lift them up, you can put them back down. I see yours, I see yours. This is so beautiful. Man, lives are being changed, eternities are being changed right now. I see yours in the back. I see yours. I see yours right there. Once you lift them up, you can put them back down. I see yours. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, this is such a powerful moment for some of us right now. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. You never know what tomorrow is going to hold for us, but we do know that we have right here, right now. If you haven't lifted your eyes yet, don't let this opportunity pass. Lift them up and look at me. Praise God, I see yours. I see you right there, awesome. I see you right there, awesome. Once you lift them up, you can put them back down. God is doing something in here today. One last time. One last time. If you need to, lift your eyes, look at me. We're about to pray. I see you back there. I see you back there. Awesome. All right. Everyone look at me. Wow. Wow. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and I want you to repeat it after me. All right. There's nothing magical about this prayer. Um, what we're going to do is put some words to what God is doing in our heart right now. And the Bible says to believe and to also confess with your mouth. And that's what we're about to do. All right? So I'm going to pray this prayer. I want everyone in the house to repeat this after me. It's going to be a prayer of repentance and asking Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. We're going to get this right. We're all going to pray this together. So we got a saying here at this church. At Eastgate, no one walks alone. Okay? You're with a bunch of people that are rooting for you. All right, you're not on your own with this right here. This is a church that believes in you. And if you don't have a church home, welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. We'd love to have you. Let me pray for you real fast. Everyone pray this and repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment. Right now, I repent for the sin in my life. That means I walk away from it. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I give my life to you. 
You're in control, not me. Work in me. Change me from the inside out. One day at a time, one step at a time, I will grow into the person you created me to be. Thank you for the gift of salvation in your name. Amen. Let's give God a big shout for what just happened. That is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm so proud of you guys. A lot of decisions made in this place. Hey, for real, if you don't have a church home, we'd love to be home to you. Listen, if we don't fit you, we'll help you find a church that does. All right? We're committed to seeing you grow in your walk with God. We love you.